Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. A strong late effort for the Chicago Blackhawks, helping them pick up one point against the Winnipeg Jets. Very quickly into overtime, it was Winnipeg on their playoff run picking up an overtime victory. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight here on 720 WGN Radio as the Hawks were trying to finish 500 against the Winnipeg Jets this season. An overtime winner the last time they hosted the Winnipeg Jets. Unfortunately, not quite the same result here tonight at the UC. Let's head on back upstairs and bring in our pal Troy Murray. He was on the call with John Weideman tonight. And, Troy, this was three pretty hard-fought periods for the Hawks. They got off to a good start. Winnipeg was able to turn up their game in the final two periods. But you got to give the Hawks credit, especially on that equalizer by Tyler Johnson, just really giving it their all. Because we've seen a lot of hard efforts from this team not be rewarded with any points whatsoever. And they were still able to muscle out one point tonight. You know, in some ways, it's not really about about the points. It's just about the way that they're playing and the way that they're competing under Luke Richardson. This is a good hockey team that has a lot on the line right now. They want to finish as high as they can in the standings. They want to solidify their playoff positioning. So they were ready to play the game. Hawks came ready, and I thought it was a good start to the game. Uh, a quick goal by Ehlers. Well, I shouldn't say uh, the first goal of the game by Nikolai Ehlers on a real sharp angle shot that just went under the crossbar on Peter Mrazek. And, you know, you, you kind of sat there and you just go, oh, here we go again. And then now they're up 2 nothing early on in the second period, less than a, a two minutes into it. They're up 2 nothing, but the Blackhawks didn't quit. They got some big saves by Mrazek to keep them hanging around in the game. So nice job by Peter again in this one. We've seen it all season long. And then they just kept working. They kept working and they got a break. Great execution by Seth Jones to hit Blackwell on a breakaway and and all of a sudden it, the energy and the emotion uh, completely changed around and the Hawks came out firing in the third period and it wasn't easy but I thought that they kind of had Winnipeg on their heels at times there maybe they weren't pressing as much as they were in the first two periods trying to protect the lead and the Blackhawks boy they battled hard and it took them to the last 25 seconds or or I should say uh, 50 seconds how many 43 no, seconds I thought, yeah I thought it was like 30 seconds left no uh, 43 Okay. We're somewhere in the middle of that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a, a good job. And, you know, for this team, you know, is it rewarding? You, you get the one point if you're, it's meaningful in your standings. You know, the one point, there's a little bit of a positive that you can take out, obviously, that you didn't quit and you keep working hard. And, and you have to keep reinforcing that. And, you know, if they were able to find a way to win this game, boy, there'd be a lot of energy here at the United Center, fans would be going home happy. It just didn't happen, uh, happen a bad break off the skate of Nick Foligno, and Winnipeg takes this one and gets the two points that they need in the in their standings. Yeah, I mean, the ending was just very deflating because you get all amped up for overtime, and I know it's only five minutes and kind of a skills competition, but you expect some sort of back-and-forthness and, and just a, a rough bounce off of, like you said, Nick Foligno's skate. Uh, just, just a rough way to end this one as there was so much fight in the Hawks game for the pretty much the entire contest the first yeah and, and that's that's the positive and we've been talking about that i i gotta give this this 
the group a ton of credits. It's been a frustrating season, and you know, if you look at it, not a, a lot has gone right. You lose Connor Bedard at one point. You had nine key players out of the lineup. You lose Taylor Hall for the season. There's been a lot of adversity from this team. So I, I think that Luke Richardson, the coaching staff, has done a fantastic job keeping things together, keeping the spirits high as much as possible. And you know, for the Blackhawks, are certainly going to be disappointed because when you score a goal late in the game like that, you want to finish it off with a win. Some of the other things, though, you like to see Connor Bedard not being afraid to get physical after being hit by Brendan Dillon, and then you like the team camaraderie, Anthony Beauvillier coming to the rescue, and then later on Nick Foligno laying a big hit on Dillon. I mean, the team camaraderie is there, and they're definitely protecting their superstar in Bedard. Yeah, and I, and I think that filters in from the leadership, and, and that comes from you know Nick Foligno, and he, he understands the game, and uh, he went out there, and he didn't do it you know in any way that... Uh, embarrasses the game at, at all he when he had an opportunity to deliver a hit on Dylan he did stood around there and DeMillan uh, uh Brennan Dillon just kind of skated off the ice turned around and kind of looked at it and gave it a, a second thought but you know with his team where it was right now probably he's more important to be out on the ice than and the chef accepting the challenge from Nick Foligno but the point was was made and the point has been made all season long so even if you're Anthony Beauvillier you know we saw it uh, in the past with a guy like Alex Dabrinkit because that culture was there that he's going to stand up for the guys inside the locker room and when Beauvillier comes in to help out Connor Bedard and, and Dylan is 6'4", 225 pounds so he's not a small man you know, by any stretch of the imagination he's a big guy and he drops the gloves quite frequently um you know, no hesitation for Bavillier to go in there. I don't think he wanted to drop the gloves with them, and I give Dylan uh, some credit there because he didn't go after Bedard or Bavillier uh, really a whole lot. But, you know, there was a little bit of a stare down, a little bit of a push, and a slash from Connor Bedard who wasn't going to back down. So, you know, I, I think that that culture is in there now that they, they understand what they have to do and they have to stick together as a group, and they've done that for the majority of this season. It's also just Felino kind of staying true to his word back when Bedard got hit against New Jersey uh, by Brendan Smith back when he broke his jaw. Uh, just saying, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a clean hit or not. That's our best player, so he's got to he's got to make sure that that team feels or knows um, that he can't go after the best player, and, and there's going to be something to pay for if you do. So yeah, but I, I, I give give credit to Brendan Dillon, you know, too. I mean, I. I he didn't, you know, they, they kind of got into a little bit of a stare down, a little bit of a pushing match. But, you know, Brendan Dillon realizes who it is. And, and with the with the bubble on there, he's certainly not going to do anything crazy. Brendan Dillon's a very honest player, uh, as was Brendan Smith. But, again, the, to your point, uh, uh, Joey, when when Nick Flano kind of set the tone early on in the season, and then he said, you know, it doesn't matter. You just, you, you know, you can't go after our star players or there's going to be consequences. And I, I think that that accountability has been there for the large part of this season. And, and it's great to see Connor sticking up for himself and, and smaller guys like Bovillier coming in and in support. So a lot of good things happen in this game. They just didn't get the two points. Well, and now we get to prepare and rest, maybe an afternoon nap tomorrow because it's going to be quite a party here on Sunday. It's uh, it's going to be one for the ages, I feel like, here at the United Center. <laughs> well, there's there's a gathering tomorrow night. Oh. Um, a, a very exclusive private party where Ooh. there's going to be a lot of people there. And uh, 
I've been fortunate to be invited to it. So I'm <laughs> I gonna, was going to say, did you get a golden ticket? I got a golden ticket, and I'm going to head down there. So the weekend for a lot of these people is going to start tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> Sunday will be a continuation of the weekend of Chris Jellios. Well, apparently for guys like Duncan Keith, the, the weekend has already started. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys came in. Roenick was in earlier this week. I, I know there's all kinds of former Blackhawk players coming in, and they're filtering in already and spending the weekend. We saw Duncan Keith here at the United Center. Always great to see him. Got a great ovation from the fans here on the Jumbotron. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of big names. And, and at the end of the weekend, we'll recap everything. And uh, actually, after after the game on Sunday, there's going to be some festivities, uh, another private gathering here in the United Center atrium uh, for Chris Chelios and all his guests for the ceremony. So it's going to be a great weekend. Going to be a lot of excitement here inside the building. I know it's not a wedding, but it it gives off the vibes of like the royal wedding, like like the Chicago royal wedding or, or the Chicago royal celebration. Just just. So many uh, different figures and celebrities of, of all different avenues, too, not just hockey, just making their yeah. way here and to the I, United States. And Center. I'm not going to divulge any of the, the big names that are that are coming in to uh, support Chris Chelios, who has a, a wide variety of, of friends <laughs> and in different circles uh, around the, the country. But uh, a lot of them are going to be here in support of him this weekend, and that's great to see. And on Sunday, when we get an opportunity, we'll talk about all them. All right. Well, I'm really looking forward to that conversation. So uh, make sure you uh, take a lot of mental notes so you can share with us everything that you can share with us here on the radio because I'll, uh, I'll be picking your brain about <laughs> Well, there may be stories that I can't repeat. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm figuring. But uh, <laughs> oh, no, everybody will be well behaved. They'll just have a great time. Very cool. All right, pal. Well, good stuff. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of days. Sounds good, Joe. All right, that is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman on the call tonight as the Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets in overtime 3-2. to two. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight. It looks like Seth Jones, Tyler Johnson, and Luke Richardson all chatted with the media. Uh, we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. 312-981-7200. Uh, just a couple from the text line before we get to our first break. Uh, Nancy chiming in saying, Hawks played a solid game tonight. Backstopped by Mrazic, the Jets outweighed us, but we outclassed them. And uh, from our friends John and Rogie the Cat from Oswego, Hey Joe, sending my comments early and hoping Coach Luke Richardson can regroup the Blackhawks on this homestand and finish the season well. I want him to succeed. He cares and knows the NHL. I thought this was a good effort by the Hawks tonight, and I I think it it started right in the first period. Um, Troy had a, a wild stat at the beginning of the broadcast saying that the Hawks haven't had more then uh, 10 shots on goal in their last 11 periods. I believe I got that one right. Um, but they did do it to begin this game tonight, 11-8. to eight. Uh, The Hawks led in shots on goal in the first 20 minutes. Winnipeg definitely picked up their game starting in the second period. But I, I do think you do have to credit the Hawks for their effort tonight, being able to tie things up, even if, as Troy was mentioning, the Jets may have taken their foot off the gas a little bit in the third period. Uh Hawks pulled their goalie, and they got it done. And there's been a lot of times this year where we have not seen that. In fact, I believe that's only the second time this year that they've tied things up after pulling their goalie. Unfortunately, they're not able to take both points in overtime. It was just kind of a 
deflating way to end the game on Kyle Connor's shot going off the front of Nick Foligno's skate. Uh, kind of wondering what it'd be like if Connor Bedard was out there immediately on the ice. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but I want to say he's... No, I feel like there have been a couple of overtimes where he has not uh, started the overtime period, but um, you know, easy to look at that in hindsight. However, steps forward for this team after this game, a good Winnipeg Jets team. They're fighting for the playoffs. They're in a playoff spot already, and I mean, really, they're... Well, now they're even with Colorado Avalanche. Colorado not playing tonight, so the Jets... Also with 75 points, they do have one less loss uh, than Colorado and just as many wins. So they actually move up in front of them in the Central Division standings. They're only one point behind the Dallas Stars who lead the Central Division. Um, so, I mean, this is this is a Jets team that's doing a lot of good things right now, making their way towards the playoffs. And as Troy mentioned in one of the intermissions, probably a team not to sleep on in the playoffs because they've got a recipe for success with a deep roster, a deep lineup, a lot of different scores, and two very successful goaltenders. That's typically a good recipe for success in the postseason. Well, our reporter Jack Heinrich just returned. Again, Seth Jones, Tyler Johnson, and Luke Richardson all chatting with the media. But uh, we want to hear from you as well. 312-981-7200. Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets in overtime tonight at the United Center, a final score of 3-2. to two. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Jones in the right circle. Put it beside the net. Dickinson over to Johnson. Shoots and scores! With Marazic pulled to the bench, the Hawks' Tyler Johnson finds a seam on the near side of the Jets' net and put it past Hellebuck. And with 42 seconds left in regulation, we're tied at two. Tyler Johnson with the equalizer tonight. Our own John Weideman on the call. Unfortunately, it was Kyle Connor scoring in overtime, giving the Winnipeg Jets a 3-2 overtime victory and handing the Hawks the overtime loss tonight. Hawks move to 15-39-4 with the overtime loss. Winnipeg improves to 35-15-5. They end up taking, well, they, they earned a point in every matchup against the Hawks this year. The uh, lone non-win for the Jets was an overtime winner for the Hawks here at the UC back on December 27th when Connor Bedard scored both goals in that game. Uh, unfortunately, the Hawks unable to get to 500 in the season series against the Jets this year. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks post game show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock here on 720 WGN. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. Uh, looks like we're getting some more calls in now. We had another call earlier, but uh, please chime back in. We'll give Tyler Johnson our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. Our reporter, Jack Heinrich, is back. We're going to hear from Seth Jones and Tyler Johnson eventually, but um, let's, uh, let's go to the phone lines and our first caller, uh, wants to talk about uh, the Hawks' effort tonight. Go ahead, caller. You're on WGN Radio. Hey, how you doing, fellas? Good, good. How are you? Good. Uh, this one hurt. This one hurt because it was an undeserved loss, and they fought hard, and I thought the whole team clicked, and there was a lot of physicality. And this is what I've been lacking seeing in the Hawks' games um, win or lose, the physicality, and and it just creates momentum, and the whole bench 
woke up and you know it was a hard fought game it hurt that they lost but congratulations to them they actually played a complete game other than the two goals they gave up in the first period that was rough but they came back and fought hard and I was proud of it watching that game despite the loss that's all I got all right. Hey, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. Uh, yeah, I think, again, from the get-go, it, w- it was just a good start by this Hawks team, which has been a little bit of a problem this year. The starts haven't been as consistent as they were last year. They've been better here at home, and obviously I think the crowd has something to do with that. Uh, just being at the United Center and just having the the remedy of, of being at home and getting ready for a game at home can work to your advantage very much so for a hockey team. Uh, our own John Hansen, who does a great job with Jenna Rose as uh, the in-arena host here at the United Center, first of all chimed in to say that Chris Chelios's party this weekend should be called the Chicago Coronation rather than a Chicago Royal Wedding, which I was trying to dub it as. I know it's not a wedding, but I couldn't think of the right kind of term. So uh, John wins points there for coming up with Chicago Coronation, but also wants to give credit to the fan base. Says that uh, he thought tonight was one of the top two or three crowds of the year, that they were really into it. I, I am often saying whether or not they're the best fans in the NHL, and of course, sure, Hawks fans, yes, you're the best in the NHL, but you're definitely the most engaged. And when things are rough... You respond accordingly. When things are funny, you respond accordingly. When you want to be sarcastic, I think it's really heard within the team. And uh, obviously, and first and foremost, uh, a lot of the players have come up and said how the energy here in the building definitely drives them at the beginning of games. And I think tonight was a factor of that. Uh, As our first caller chimed in saying about the effort level, just the, the physicality was definitely there. Troy and I talked about Connor Bedard being defended by Bedard himself, Anthony Beauvillier, Nick Felino. I mean, even earlier on in the game, Taylor Radish inadvertently clipped Winnipeg's goaltender of Connor Hellebuck and clipped him pretty hard in the head. And that's a very scary moment. You know, obviously it's a dangerous spot up there above your neck. And Hellebuck has had such a great year. I mean, Winnipeg was quick to defend Taylor Radish and John and Troy were talking about how Radish should probably be a little, um, as Troy mentioned, keep your spidey senses up a little bit. Uh, just be a little aware of, of who's coming at him and when they're coming at him uh, because there might be a little bit of a target on him after that hit. Luckily, things didn't get too bad, but um, obviously that, that was a factor in this game tonight. I uh, do want to hear from Seth Jones in a moment, but first I want to go to uh, caller JG in Orland Park that wants to talk about the Hawks' culture. Go ahead, JG. I, so I was at the game today. Thank you guys for taking my call. And to be honest with you, my biggest complaint was, man, we weren't getting physical on the boards. You know, it was just it, it was very low energy, low hustle. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't been in a while, but at the same time, it it, it just it drove me a little nuts. What do you guys think about that? Did, do you think that for the entire game, JG, or just a specific period, or what? Hold on, are you talking on speaker right now? If you're talking on speaker, I need you to... to okay, all right, so we lost the call. Um, listen, there's definitely room to criticize some some moments where this team could bring a little bit more force. I really wasn't impressed by 
the second Nikolai Ehlers goal, right? It comes on a delayed penalty. Uh, Ehlers makes, I don't know, maybe one nice move, but he cuts through the neutral zone. He cuts through about two or three different guys in the Hawks zone. And, and Troy was mentioning it kind of was just like a waterfall effect. Like first, Korchinski's the man who's who's not there making the right play. And then Megna isn't there as the two defensemen. And then it just turns into, all right, whose guy is that? Who needs to make this stop? And I brought up the question of it to Troy because Connor Bedard was the first guy to go after Ehlers in the neutral zone and just kind of reached his stick out. Now, when you, when you just look at that in a, in a closed setting, that can appear as a lackadaisical play. But because it is a delayed penalty, you knock the puck loose, the Hawks get control of it, the play's dead, and you go into the power play. And Troy was mentioning how maybe that's part of it. Like, the Hawks are just assuming that Winnipeg's going to cough up the puck. But Ehlers did anything but that. He was very aggressive. He was just driving right in. And, yeah, I mean, if you want to criticize that play, for sure. I, I totally understand the criticism there. Um, but, you know, Winnipeg is a tough team. And, and I don't feel like the Hawks got too out-muscled tonight. I mean, the physicality was there defending players. Take a look at the hits. The Hawks had 15 hits. Winnipeg had 13 hits. Um, Winnipeg with 18 blocked shots. The Hawks with just nine blocked shots. Um, but but again, I, I if it's a if it's a continued lack of effort or lack of physicality that you're concerned about, okay. But I don't know if tonight's the perfect example for that. Uh, let's hear what the Blackhawks defenseman Seth Jones had to say. He chatted with the media after this 3-2 loss in overtime. Yeah, um, we did a lot of good things, I thought. Um, we got through some of their big momentum swings when they had a lot of overs on time and we were able to get through it and Razzle made some big saves and then we had some sustained overs on time as well. Uh, we were able to get pucks to the net. I think our forwards did a great job tonight getting pucks low to high and getting it out of uh, pressure and the D were shooting tonight, I thought, a lot more than, than we have been in the past. So um, just trying to get more traffic around there. It's just an unfortunate bounce in OT. It's just... Doesn't really surprise me at this point, to be honest. It's kind of crazy. It's <laughs> just a snake bit thing sometimes, it feels like, with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're trying to pass it back door and just off Nick's state, skate, and uh, Raz has really got no chance on that. So, you know, in OT, we, we want to try to sustain uh, puck possession when we can, but um, that's just an unfortunate bounce. You've talked so much about stringing those offensive shifts together, and what did you guys do that actually made it happen tonight? Well, I thought our forecheck was pretty good. Uh, we were able to get pressure on the puck and then make them make mistakes. Um, I thought our second guy was in there quick as well, so we scooped some pucks off that. And then I think low to high is the key. You see a lot of teams now like to put five in the corner and try to outnumber you right away. Then they get it from us. So it's tough on the forwards. Uh, it's three on five down there, so when they get it out high, it's quickly. It's it's nice, and obviously the D have to get their shots through and, and make things happen up from up top. You guys still on Blackwell's goal? Um... I just got the puck in the middle there, and, and Blackie took off. That's what I saw. It was a great play by him. Usually when there's a turnover kind of in that hash mark area, um, no one expects you know a breakaway play. So uh, it's great recognition by Blackie, and I just try to put it on his tape. You guys struggled so long at the six-on-five at the end of games, but mm-hmm. you've had it work a few times recently. Did you change anything, or is it really just a team desperation that's starting to pay off? Just team desperation. I think we are all on the same page at the moment with it. Uh, everyone seems pretty comfortable in their spots. I'm trying to just distribute up there and keep pucks alive um, when I can. And 
Um, we know we've obviously had a lot going on the six on five, but recently we're getting pucks to the net. I think uh, with Kershey shooting, when our flank guys are shooting, taking those one timers, they got to respect it. And then we have three guys around the net, and we can outnumber them from there. It looked like Winnipeg was pretty much just bodying Connor Bedard the entire third period. Is that something that you guys see? And is it you have to find a spot where you can maybe stand up for him without taking a penalty there in a close game? Uh, yeah, I think Bobby was in there pretty quick. I think. Um, we want to do that to other teams' best players as well. You know, you want to get under guys' skin. You want to uh, be play against, especially the teams' top players and young players. So, um, I think I don't think this is going to be into that form. He's going to see that throughout his career. I think the best players all do: McKinnon, and Crosby, and, and McDavid's. They all have, you know, say even a guy like Lowry tonight. His job is to, you know, shut down top lines, get under, you know, the best player's skin on the other team. So, um, he's got to be patient with that, and um, everyone's got everyone's back in this room. Seemed like uh, Felino gave him an extra shot, gave Dylan an extra shot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Bovey. I think it was Bovey. Was it Fleegy too? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think Fleegy got him a, a shift after. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just playing hard, playing hard for each other, being physical. I think we can do that a little bit more. Is, is be physical for each other, and uh, and now I think that'll create turnovers for us. From the 608 area code, and again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. It's Dexter and Bolingbrook. So, Joe, as a fan, should I just look at the Blackhawks as the lovable losers, question mark? I mean, we are talking since 2017. Uh, I'm also very interested in whatever Hawks fans are bringing up the last time the Hawks were in the playoffs. Not bring up how this is a totally different regime. I mean, that, that was back when Stan Bowman was still in charge. There is a new general manager. Kyle Davidson has been here for almost two years now, and he declared a rebuild once taking upon the job. So rebuild typically leads to more losses than wins, and this is year two of a rebuild, and clearly year one of the rebuild worked out in terms of drafting Connor Bedard, the generational talent we all knew he would be. I understand the frustration for the losses. Believe me, I got them too. I'm here at every game. A lot of these losses are rough. A lot of these games, we're talking about the same things. But to put a time stamp on 2017 and just put that all in a vacuum, saying that the Hawks are the same team, it's just not the case. And uh, from the 847 area code, I really enjoy the Holly James show every weekday night. Tonight you put on the Blackhawks show after another loss. Nobody cares. Put on the entertainment that we enjoy. Well, don't worry. Raleigh James is coming on at 11 o'clock. And again, it's Raleigh James. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines again. 312-981-7200. We got a new caller and uh, just go ahead. What's on your mind? You're on 720. Oh, uh, we got a a different caller waiting on the line right now. But um, Hawks fall in overtime 3-2 to Winnipeg tonight as they close the season series on the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and it looks like it's the caller we had previously, EJ in Orland Park. So uh, why don't we go to uh, EJ in Orland Park, wanting to talk about how the way the Hawks finished this game. Go ahead, EJ. You're on WGN Radio. EJ, you there? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, this is EJ. I just wanted to piggyback off of what uh, JG was saying earlier about the pace of the game. I mean, I was there, boots on the ground, was watching it. I thought the pace was kind of slow, no real energy out there. I was looking for Betsy out there multiple times, and I just really feel like they're underutilizing him off of injury. I think he should be really out there, and the minutes should be on him. Uh, What do you guys think? 
All right. Thank you, EJ. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join in. Um, Connor Bedard was on the ice for 18 minutes and 8 seconds. Let's see. Out of the forwards, only Jason Dickinson played more than him tonight. Uh, actually, Philip Kurashev as well. But Kurashev on the same line as Bedard. And um, I don't know where being underutilized comes from. I mean, Bedard still has, let's see, six points in five games since coming back from injury. Tonight was not one of his best nights, I'll say that. I don't know if you want to chalk that up to anything deliberately that he was doing tonight. He finished with three shot attempts total, uh, one shot on goal, one blocked, one missed. And it's still the case that Connor Bedard is still the guy that is most likely to score, or at least put you in the best position to score no matter what type of game he is having on this Hawks team. Um, Back to EJ's earlier point about the pace of the game. Again, I thought the Hawks had a good start. I I know they were outplayed in the second period, and maybe in the third as well, but they were able to tie things up. And a lot of times we're talking about games where the Hawks are putting up a, a good effort for most of the contest, and they fall short. Tonight it was maybe a little bit of a flip-flop, if you want to use that argument. But again, the start was good. They found a way to tie it towards the end. Um, I, I understand frustration for all the losses, but but tonight, I don't know if it is quite the example. Uh, I want to get to more calls and texts, 312-981-7200, but i got to get to another break. we got Tyler Johnson and Luke Richardson to hear from as well. Uh, this is the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. To Bedard at center ice, pokes it down the right wing side into the Jets' end. Pionk took it away from Kurashev, moving it up the left wing. Here's Monahan into the Hawks zone. Monahan down the slot with a backhand shot, sprawling save made by Peter Morazic. He got his left pad on that shot while laying on his belly. That might be a save of the hockey game for the Hawks. And that save of the hockey game is sponsored by ComEd Financial Assistance Programs. 28 saves for Peter Mrazek tonight in the Hawks' 3-2 overtime loss to the Winnipeg Jets. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. Uh, we got sound from Tyler Johnson but really quickly. We'll go to Justin in River North. Uh, wants to talk about Connor Bedard's game. Go ahead, Justin. You're on WGN Radio. Yeah, I, uh, this is Justin here. I was just uh, commenting off what EJ said. I don't know. I mean, Bedard was out there a lot. I don't know if he gave it his all. Uh, I don't know. EJ sounds like he might be a uh, kind of a first-time hockey game kind of guy, not understanding. You know, a forward playing 18 minutes, that's a lot of minutes for a forward. Maybe he could have been better. Just want to comment, too, uh, EJ, JJ, my name's uh, JJ as well. Just want right. to see what you guys think about that. All right, thank All right. you, JJ and EJ and uh, everyone else of the J family. Um, listen, maybe not Connor Bedard's best game, but I, I think we'll chalk up an okay day for the 18-year-old playing 18 minutes and uh, still always making an impact on the ice his first year in the NHL. Let's hear from Tyler Johnson. I'm sure he's got some good thoughts. Yeah, I thought we played really well in the third period. It was great, uh, great effort, uh, you know, most of the game. But the third period, I thought we really, uh, we really spent a lot of time in the ozone, um, you know, carried most of the play and I thought we deserved what we got at the end to get that goal but uh, it's unfortunate overtime is always that little bit of a gamble you either try and go for it or you play smart and drag it out and keep turning back so uh, it ended quick we didn't really have that tonight but um, you know I thought uh, I thought the guys played a gutsy effort it was a good team effort against a really strong balanced team and I thought we showed that we can uh, compete with them. 
you trying to get Bedard out there once you won the faceoff in overtime? Uh, no, just I uh, thought we'd have uh, those guys ch- kind of check. Uh, we hope to hold that puck longer so then they get just tired out and don't have an opportunity and change. And then uh, we were hoping if we can get the puck and sustain it, and then they are tired and stuck out there. We had Kurashev and uh, Connor queued ready to go. So, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get that far. Again, that was actually Luke Richardson, Blackhawks head coach, talking about uh, that last statement about why Connor Bedard was not out there at the beginning of overtime, uh, wanting to have Nick Felino and Jason Dickinson out there to hopefully win the faceoff and then send either Bedard or Kurashev over the boards and get something going. Hawks quickly lost this one in overtime on Kyle Connor's shot that goes off Nick Foligno's skate. One more break, and then we'll wrap up the postgame show, take a look around the NHL as well. Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Left for him. Larkin gets the speed going. Back pass, Kate. He scores! What a setup! What a goal! Showtime! 2-1! Red Wings win! That's our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. And yeah, Patrick Kane with the overtime game-winning goal, helping the Detroit Red Wings for an overtime game winner over the Colorado Avalanche. That was last night, and that was Ken Daniels of Bally Sports as the Red Wings picked up their 30th win of the year, 30-20-6. Fighting for a playoff spot. Well, they're in a playoff spot currently. Top of the Eastern Conference wild card with 66 points. And they're going to be in town on Sunday, the big day here at the United Center. Again, if you are planning to coming out to the UC for Sunday night's game and you're planning on being in attendance for Chris Chelios's number retirement ceremony, Hawks are encouraging you to be in your seat by 3 o'clock. The ceremony begins at 3.10. But don't forget... Us here at WGN Radio are hosting a little shindig over at the Barn Hockey Bar. Kevin Powell and I are going to be on the air from 2 to 4.30 leading into Blackhawks pregame. We're going to be talking about Chris Chelios. We're going to be talking to a few of his former teammates. Uh, we've got some sound from before the ceremony and should just be a fun time. So again, if you're Heading to the United Center on Sunday, feel free to stop by the Barn Hockey Bar. It's right on Ogden. It's walking distance to the UC. Me and Kevin Powell, sorry, Kevin Powell and I will be there uh, for a fun time before the Chris Chelios extravaganza here at the United Center. Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets 3-2 to in overtime. Closing down the phone line because we're running out of time. So sorry for CJ who was trying to squeeze in at the last moment. But uh, only two other games in the NHL tonight. And let's take a look around them. We'll start in Columbus. There's a goal by the Sabres. Shot from the point is deflected in. Clifton let it go. I think this is going to go right in by Clifton. Yeah, it's looking that way. It's a 2-1 Buffalo lead. Dan Dunleavy on the call as the Sabres pick up a 2-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Buffalo getting their 14th start in their last 16 games from goaltender Uko Pekka Lukanen. Buffalo improves to 26-27-4. Let's finish things off in Edmonton. Got it to Hartman. Drops. Boldy scores! Boldy with the goal from the slot and Minnesota extends the lead. It's 3-1. Anthony LaPanta of Bally Sports, second goal of the night for Matthew Boldy, is 22nd total on the year, a 4-2 victory for the Minnesota Wild as Matt Zuccarello had his 11th, Zach Hyman with his 35th for Edmonton as the Wild best the Edmonton Oilers. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. 
When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help we had back at the WGN Radio Studios, our production crew of Colin McCarthy, Michael DeLinardis, and Tony DeNardis. Another big thanks to our captain, the tireless engineer, Krista Flores, helping us get over the airwaves. And here at the United Center, John Weidman had the call. Troy Murray was on color. Our reporter was Jack Heinrich, and our Hall of Fame engineer was Mr. Paul Zerang. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand signing off. Once again, the final score, Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets in overtime, 3-2. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James, the Texter's favorite host. Have a good night, everybody, and we will talk to you Sunday from the barn before Blackhawks hockey.